Welcome to Laying the Leadership Foundation podcast, where Stephanie and I discuss how we are building a leadership development program and hear from guests on their experiences. Welcome everyone to another episode of Laying the Leadership Foundation. I'm your host, Stephanie Jurassic, joined with Thomas Tool. Today's guests are Ayana Tweedy and Samantha Current from Wabash College. They were also law participants with Thomas and I, so we are very excited to have them here. Welcome, Ayana and Samantha. So we are... No problem. We're excited for this conversation. So I'm going to bring it over to Ayana, if you can just give us a little background on yourself and how you got to your position um, currently at Wabash. Thank you, Stephanie and Thomas. So, I mean, my step as a um, administrator in athletics was from my roots of being a student athlete. So I was a student athlete at the State University um, in Bowie, Maryland. I was a women's track and field thrower. And then during my fourth year, I decided to take the admin route and join the coaching staff as an assistant coach. And with the everlasting changes of athletics, that is when I started working in compliance. And so long story short, I started working in compliance my first year of my graduate degree program. And then, you know, life just tends to happen some more and um, people leave, people go. And so I was able to um, start my next full-time official job at Pomona Pitzer Athletics, where I started as the Assistant Athletic Director for Compliance and Student Athlete Services. And then transitioned on to be the interim SWA, oversaw Title IX policies and procedures in the department, and really just fell in love with student athlete development. And after being a part of MOA and women leaders, I was able to um, build up the courage to apply for this position as the Associate Director of Athletics. And four or five years later, this, I'm, I'm here. And um, overseeing a couple different couple different things, but one of my favorite out of everything on my job description is student athlete development and, and having a close-knit relationship with the athletes. So um, alone this year, even though COVID was a big hurdle, we got through it and was able to have a level, some level of engagement with our student athletes. So that is a little snippet about me. Now, Sam, I know you have some of the track and field background too uh, involved. So uh, tell us a little bit about your journey and uh, how you ended up at Wabash. Yeah, so like you just mentioned, I also had a track background. Um, I actually didn't end up doing anything with athletics until my junior year of college. Um, that's when I uh, convinced the coach to let me on the team, despite the fact that I was really slow. Um, and from there, I just, uh, I was hurt a lot. So I got to have um, this kind of, almost inside look as to how athletics worked because I wasn't running, but I was always on the sidelines with coach and helping to time people and, and all that jazz. And really just decided this would be so cool to, to do with my life. Um, and once I came to the realization that no one was going to hire a slow, came in last place in the conference championship cross-country coach, um, I started looking more into administration and discovered this little thing called compliance and just fell in love with it. Um, I'm very much a rules person, and so I 
basically told the compliance director at Houghton where I was going to college that I would be interning for him the next year when I was going to grad school online. Uh, he seemed okay with that. <laughs> and uh, from there, uh, I was offered a position at the college uh, that I kept for a, a short while before moving out to Indiana. Uh, I was with Goshen, which is an NAIA school, for a very brief period of time. Um, lovely place, uh, but the challenge of working for a D3 school again at Wabash was just something that was so enticing. Um, so I started working here in August 2019, and it's been really, really fun. And it's compliance education is the favorite thing about my job. Um, I would have never thought about applying for something like law if Ayana hadn't popped by my office and was like, would you like to apply for this for me? I think it could be fun. Um, and I'm so glad I did. It was really interesting to get a, another look at another side of athletics that I hadn't known too much about before. So you guys are actually the second uh, or second and third track people we've talked to today for the podcast or, or earlier today, we had Lamar on uh, Pottinger. So shout out to him. He ran track at EIU. Uh, so a fantastic athlete from doing some research on his bio. But uh, one of the things I want to ask both of y'all, uh, because looking through your um, bios on the website, uh, it seems like you two might be the, I guess, the newest to your athletic department. Um as a combination to really be going through this all program. Um, I guess I know, Samantha, you obviously uh, mentioned it there a second ago about how you were brought into the process, but I guess tell me your thoughts about A, going through the process and then B, also being so new to the institution. Um, and really, has that been an obstacle? Has that been sort of a, a godsend just because you're not too much in the, into the weeds and uh, not too much to get tied down or... I guess, talk us through uh, those two different viewpoints. I'm going to yield to Samantha, so I'm going to let her go first. <laughs> um, yeah, I would have to say, you know, I, I hadn't heard of it, as mentioned before, until Ayana told me about it. But I think the challenge and a blessing of being so new is that we don't have blinders on just yet. At least that, that's what my viewpoint of it all was. Um, kind of seeing everything fresh, having gotten really used to everything. And then, you know, COVID throws a whole other obstacle in the way that becomes another hurdle to, to get over. And I think that combined with newness really opened my eyes to a couple of different things that could be really useful for athletes to get to know as we were going through uh, the process of law and everything that we were learning there? I think for me, I needed law more than what I thought I did. And I'm the type of person that if you give me a task, I'm gonna run through it. Probably won't be every, it wouldn't be what you believe the process would be, but it's my process and I feel like this is sufficient. <laughs> and what law taught me was that you can bring all the tools you need to be successful in this program. You like you have the foundation, but there are some things along the way with like learning outcomes. I don't like learning outcomes. There were some things I just didn't like about the program because they made you think past what you're used to doing. And once we were able to sit down, go through our presentations and really find that this was very valuable and allowed us to create more evaluation tools 
what we do with our programs for like now and the future, I was so, I was like, week 10 of this, I get it. I get it now that this is what this program was designed to do. And going into it, I always wanted to be a part of every program that I could be in with the NCAA, especially if it was free. If it was free, it would just need a recommendation. I'm all for it. <laughs> Outside, it looks good on your resume, but it's a great place to network with colleagues that are in the same wheelhouse as you. Um, you build really great bonds. And for me, it was life-changing. It was something to say, okay, every week on this date, this is what I'm doing. There was some level of structure in a time where there was no structure. We had nothing else really to do on our plate. And it got tense for a little bit and it's okay because every situation you go through, there's gonna be some, a challenge. And if you're strong enough to get through it, that means you made it and it wasn't that bad. So for sure, like I will preach law that it was, it's a great tool to have in your, your book bag. Every place you go to say, you know what? I have something that'll be great for X school. And this is what I can bring um, to anyone coming in to like, and I told Samantha, I keep saying I'm passing the torch down because there will be less of me leading programs, <laughs> more of her taking the torch and leading more of those conversations. Um, because that's what our, I, I'll call them faculty, the faculty in that program did for us. So that's, that's my two cents on that. So how, I guess, going into law and then now that we've completed law, how has your vision and idea of what your leadership program, how has that evolved while you were going through law? Well, I purposely told us, meaning us, Samantha and I, that we're going to take a break. So when graduation has commenced, we will pick this up in June and we're going to go at it 100%. It has allowed us to Remind, it's just like a, a reminder that the students are going to come to what they want to want to see, what they want to listen to. So instead of reinventing the wheel, trying to pull from like outsources, a lot of things we do on campus that are that we have done really well, and we need to partner a little bit more. We need to collaborate some more. And so, I mean, it wasn't until towards the end of the spring that student athletes and other students were coming to our programs that were centered around working in athletics. If that's what they wanted, y'all could have just told us that in the beginning and we didn't have to do all this other stuff. <laughs> now we do have programs with our sponsors that we have relationships with, which we want to still do. But I mean, we didn't realize we had 20 students on our last call. I'm like, if we could have done way more programs around just understanding the collegiate aspect of the inner works of um, college athletics. So, I mean, we, we learn by trial by error, but we at least know now that follow what the students want to do, put money towards what they want to learn in here. So that, that was my takeaway. To be honest, you really just took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> um, I feel like that happens so often. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know, I think just we had one idea of what we wanted it to look like. And the more we learned about uh, everything related to measurement and evaluation and kind of at the same time getting feedback by not having students come to things it's like maybe this isn't what they want maybe what we're planning to plan isn't what they want um, which I think was really important and probably saved this big headache down the line <laughs> of having to plan all these things and um, I think that was really it's one of those oh it's so simple but you don't 
think about it, like maybe we should ask the athletes what they want to do. <laughs> um, I guess it's one of those, you get so caught up in thinking you know what's best or you know what people want without communicating with them. So grateful that we were able to correct that course. <laughs> I mean, that last bit, Samantha, was important. Like, it's not about us and how we like everything that was is about it. It's about how the students receive it. And so, yeah, there was a lot of programs we were like, that would be so cool. And then we bring it to them. They're like, we like it. What are they going to put any work towards it? <laughs> that was the other piece. So, yeah, learn by trial and error. <laughs> well, that reminds me back to the conversation that we had with uh, Dr. Jeff O'Brien, because um, he had worked with the NCAA um, on some leadership stuff, and he was asked to help uh, put this together. And he was really like, a lot of the people who went through law in the first year or two was like, where's my packet of things that we're supposed to do because NCAA says this is what works and he was like it was a complete shift in culture and trying to um, have people understand this is not something that's a one-size-fit-all type approach and um, what might work at AIC might not work with y'all at Wabash might not work at Pepperdine or Rutgers or any of the other programs that uh, or schools that we had in our program so um, that, that's definitely something that I think we've both at least Stephanie and I have taken away from this whole process is so much of it is campus specific that it's sort of crazy to even think that how would you even begin to do a leadership program that was the same for all NCAA institutions um, and with that I guess I guess what was your favorite either module or a lesson or favorite topic that you got or that we studied in the law program I'll start with you Sam I'm so ready for that. I really love the logic model. It, it's just the, the compliance person in me, like, here are your guidelines. Here's how to chart it out. I was so happy. I loved that unit. <laughs> so that was, that was probably my, my favorite thing about law was the logic model. <laughs> and here's Tom and I pushing that logic model off and <laughs> not, not doing that till later. <laughs> But it made so much sense. Like once you put all the pieces together, and this is also the compliance in me too. So I agree with Samantha. It made complete sense. Um, so similar to like Samantha's logic model, Jeff broke down and he had to say it twice for me to get it because I don't know where my brain was. Understanding that when you find your competencies, match them with your outcomes. Like, and it was seamless. And I said, but well, why did not think about that two weeks ago? And so as we were developing the logic model, I'm like, this makes sense. Input, output, what do you want to see and what do you expect for, it, for them to do? And understanding that the learning outcomes isn't immediate. It can be once they, after they graduate, 10, five years down the lane. And when you, I mean, humanly, sometimes we receive information and it doesn't click until we need it. And that would not be immediate. <laughs> that could be five days from now, weeks from now. And so, yeah, I think Samantha and I were on the same path. Like we were, we were doing the pro the presentation, it was clicking. Like this just this makes sense. I just wish it clicked early for me. <laughs> just, just a tad. <laughs> yeah, that's where I think Stephanie and I were sort of the complete opposite. Uh, she mentioned. I mean, we have not really touched the logic model. Uh, we have definitely been a lot more heavy on the needs based assessment. Um, just because, and formation group have really been our two big things. And correct me if I'm wrong, Stephanie, but I think a big part of that is 
we don't want to put the horse or the cart in front of the horse too much um, just because we really want to get the full 360 from our coaches, our student athletes, um, our athletic administrators. And then we've also decided to do that or academic administrators as well, um, just to see what their thought processes are. And uh, I don't know if that's just been something that we've been really focusing a lot more on is our needs-based assessment and trying to do that before we do a logic model. But once again, that goes back to um, how everything's different for each campus. And I think that's something that's very unique. Anything you want to add to that, Stephanie? I think you hit the nail on the head there that, yeah, our, our thought process was, why am I going to put all this effort into this logic model if after we get this needs-based assessment, the students come back with something completely different than what we were thinking, then we'd have to do another one. <laughs> and so we were just like, let's, let's put it off. I mean, we did make one because we had two for our presentation. So I am interested to see how much, if any, will change once we get the needs-based assessments back from the students. Um, we've gotten a good amount back from our coaches and a good amount from our athletic administrators. So kind of comparing what their thoughts are. I mean, we've already seen some interesting responses and trends. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So how, I guess, um, oh, nope, go, go ahead, ahead. Steph. Nope. <laughs> I was just gonna ask how um, involved have you guys gotten with your own formation groups or working groups and how have they helped guide that logic model or guide the guide your progress with it, the um, Leadership Academy? I was actually going to ask you all to send us a copy of that needs assessment that y'all use. <laughs> so we can put some Wabash thrill to it and then send it out. Um, but we have it. That's one thing that's like on my master to do is to kind of knock, knock out with, with Samantha this summer. Um, our goal, once I know one of my goals was because I don't want to speak for Smith. So one of my goals were once the program, once law ended, was to really one sit back and say, "Who we did it." Two, will was really take ownership that we can really enhance this program. And I mean, I already have a list of ideas that we can kind of push forward, but just take some time to meet with the working group this summer. Um, which is why I was like, I really want that needs assessment because I want to start with our coaches because each coach has their own kind of way of operating when it comes to the, the Wabash Excels program that we have and they do their own thing during the year. Um, and so I know coaches have books they read and and I we have some coaches that want to work and that want to put in the work in and add to the program. And so that's a summer project. Uh, Samantha, do you agree? Like it's a summer project we're going to work on in the next month or two. <laughs> yeah, no, especially because we're, we're such a small campus and everyone wears so many hats trying to meet consistently with the working group, especially during a COVID year, was just not something that was going to be feasible for us until the semester was over. Um, but yes, definitely, definitely a summer project. <laughs> yeah, Samantha and, and, and I were working on lacrosse she was doing the stat. I was doing the shot clock <laughs> until the, the season was over. Um, and yeah, we was just fit, trying to finish up what we had. And so um, one thing that I won't, that I learned that I will not, I'm not someone to press anybody out to do anything, especially if it's all hands on deck. 
And like to conclude our year, that's what our year just looked like. Everybody was a little bit of everything. So um, yeah, for sure summer. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, working in communications, I can only imagine, Grant, we have a, a bigger staff than we do that too, according to um, our directories looking at both those. So I can only imagine how it was for you guys uh, with everything going on, smaller, uh, smaller uh, staff and trying to figure all that stuff out. So I'm sure COVID definitely throws a wrench and all that on top of a smaller uh, athletic department. But uh, do you think having that smaller athletic department is something that will actually be beneficial for you guys as well? And uh, possibly not even like things as, as many hoops to jump through and such? Working for a smaller athletic department is one of the things that I love about this job. Um, sometimes it's stressful because uh, you have to wear so many hats and juggle so much, but I think it's really going to be beneficial, not just for the two of us, but for everyone in the department. Because the coaches are the coaches know we have the athletes' best interests at heart. Um, everyone on campus is, for the most part, really, really connected, and you say hi as you're walking across, and so I think that'll also help make uh, the relationships that we want to develop across campus really easy uh, as we get to forming things and um, hopefully having guest speakers from different groups on campus come in. I, I think it's something that's really gonna gonna benefit us. Uh, having having your thumb in every pie can can be quite advantageous. Oh, I have nothing to add. Samantha took it, so I'm listening. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things, correct me if I'm wrong, Stephanie, once again, I mean, I think we're at a medium level, uh, probably more towards a high level in terms of staff and coaches for D2. Uh, we're not fully funded, but at the same time, um, recently our main campus administration has put a decent amount of funds into helping us get to where we need to be, uh, especially compared to our peers. But um, it's something that I think one of the big obstacles that we've had so far is just getting people to do the needs-based assessment. Uh, I mean, we've done two different um, modules of where we've gone through our PowerPoint that we did for, for law for uh, that last segment, uh, modified it a little bit to uh, be better for our coaches or our administrators. But I think that's definitely been something that hasn't been probably our biggest hurdle and something we're still fighting. At. What, would, what would you say, Steph? We probably have a quarter to the half of the coaches um, that we need of our, well, I guess of our entire coaching staff that has filled it out, but we're still fighting for more. Yeah, we have almost all sports represented. We are really aiming for that 100% participation, that elusive 100% that we'll probably never get. But um, yeah, we have a, a good chunk that have completed already and hoping to get a few more, hopefully this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine having a smaller staff than what we have to work on all this. So I give kudos to both of you for going through this. I'm like drowning with my one and a half staffed office. <laughs> um, but yeah, this it's amazing what you can do with even with a small staff, especially it sounds like you have a lot of coaches and a lot of the staff that are backing this leadership program. And that makes all the difference to have them excited about it and really want to um, participate and 
contribute to it. Yeah, what I learned quickly in the first couple of months is if you go to bat for the students, they're going to go bat for you. And that was one of the things that I was worried about, just like the level of engagement was just going to be very different because of COVID. But um, Samantha led a lot of the SAC conversations and meetings, and they kept coming, they kept showing up. And even when it came to just collaborating with different groups on campus for our Wabash Excels program, the students were there. It may have been small numbers, but they were there. Um, and that showed me that they still wanted to show up. Just got to figure out that sweet spot on what, what time, what hour makes sense for them and what day. So um, yeah, small but mighty crew. And I can say for me, smaller is better because when a lot of hands are in the pot, things can get a little bit convoluted and they forget the vision and what the vision and the purpose of why we're even holding this program. So. And that's why I love the D3 model. Keep it small and simple. <laughs> so um, one of the questions that I actually asked Lamar earlier today, uh, it's not our final question, but we begin to wrap up um, just because I'm now in the summer mode of reading a little bit and uh, getting caught up, especially after COVID. Uh, fortunately, I didn't have the opportunity to read as much as I wanted to, but what books are you guys reading or what books would you recommend right now? I know I'm throwing this one out there randomly as uh, I see uh, Anaya just running out or not running, but swiveling, pushing her way in her Swiveling. Chair over there. <laughs> so I have a total of four and I like to read in sections. I do not sit and read books at a time. My brain doesn't work that way. So this was our, The Obstacle is the Way, was our department book. Really good read. So reading through this, um, I'm only taking bits and pieces out of this. It's the compound effect. And it's great. However, certain books that are leadership books are not specific to like your, your life and business. Like everything's not going to work in athletics. So, but it's still a good book. Um, and then, of course, Brene Brown. So one of her books is floating in my office. I just can't find it. But yes. And I said four, right? So there's that. These two, Brene Brown, Dare to Lead, and Coach Morgan, well, our head track and field coach, gave us a book on mental, mental health and self-care. And so I'm going to take heed to that <laughs> this summer. <laughs> Uh, I read a, a lot of books. Uh, my husband is actually an English teacher, and you should see the number of bookshelves we have in our apartment. Um, <laughs> but the my lunchtime book, as I like to call it, um, is that uh, it's called "What the Internet Is Doing to Our Brains: Shallows." Um, it's not really like a, a leadership book, <laughs> but I feel like it's it's really good to get different perspectives on things. Like you know, talks about how the internet kind of changes the way that your brain functions not necessarily for the worst but it's just different um so i think it's interesting to keep in mind as so many things go to online surveys or um an online session for one thing and i think it really helps promote the value of when possible and you know everyone can be healthy doing things in person that are more hands-on uh because it'll be 
more ingrained and easier to remember. Now in a related, but not quite other media to consume, Ayana, you have your own podcast. So what, uh, what can you tell us about your journey with that podcast? It's called The Vulnerable Leadership. Um, so still on the leadership topic. So what have you uh, been focusing on with that podcast? How has law maybe influenced it? Or maybe how has your, your leadership podcast influenced how you've viewed and taken in information from law? I want to put it in a 30 second time capsule because I can be very long winded. So the Vulnerable Leadership Podcast was really to target millennial administrators in college athletics. And I've always I've been sitting on this idea for two years. I've always wanted to do something, but just didn't know what format. And then COVID hit. I said, this will be so great to be on a podcast because I love to talk. So I just need a platform that will just get me the air to talk for hours. Um, but what I've learned thus far is the one to stay true to who I am and that this podcast is, yes, I wanted to reach the masses, but I'm also not going to do something that's not of me to make it reach everyone. Um, I'm not a long-winded person when it comes to giving you five nuggets and then finding ways to apply them. So they're not, they may not be hour long conversation just for myself, but I may bring on a co-host to help me out. But I really just wanted to target millennial leaders who wanted to make a difference, who may be stuck in between jobs or graduate assistants that are trying to find their next gig, but really trying to find a network of people too and how to do that. And I'm using me, I'm using my experiences, good, bad, and in between that I experienced as a student athlete, a paraprofessional now an administrator um, to help. And the feedback that I received have been remarkable. Like I did not think I was gonna get one that many views, but the idea that um, we as women leaders are not just gonna lead behind a desk or lead behind a computer, but we have so many gifts to give. And it's also for my, my male counterparts. It is not just gonna be geared to women because a lot of things that I say are not just to women specifically. But we also got to have our, um, our male colleagues to be our cheerleaders too. And so um, this, this summer is to get back at it, develop some more hefty content for the year. Because once the spring season started, that is when it started to go down. So <laughs> this year is to reboot. And I'm, I'm just excited to see what God has for me in my next journey with this podcast. Awesome. So we'll round it, things out with our last question that we did give you guys a little bit of a heads up on uh, and uh, just to let you guys think a little bit. So the question is, uh, we also know that there are going to be some obstacles that we face when we are implementing this leadership program. What is one obstacle you are looking forward to overcoming? I think the one I'm looking forward to overcoming is the one that probably has the most concern. <laughs> Um, we've spent a lot of time talking about how wonderful it is to work at such a small school in a very community oriented, uh, like everyone knows each other and it's fantastic. Um, but every family has its traditions and sometimes it's hard to let go of those traditions. And Wabash is all about tradition. And if they've done something one way, it's because they've been doing it that way forever which is cool, but sometimes it can be a challenge to 
have new things come into play. Um, so I think while there, there is interest and people do support the program that, that we'd like to bring to campus, I think getting the students interested in it might be the hardest part because the Wabash students haven't done this before. Why should I do it? What, if it was important, it would have been around much earlier. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to overcoming that because I think it'll take a lot of creativity and we'll really have to lean on some relationships that we have with our students. Um, but it's, it's definitely one that I'm thinking about. <laughs> What I'm excited about is more so me-centered, and I'm going to make it, it's not a selfish idea, but it's more so the obstacle that I'm working on each day is to getting out of my own way and understanding that it's a mindset issue for me. So understanding that um, I need to refocus on my purpose and remind myself that I'm doing good work in the position that I'm in. And as soon as something tries to shake my ground, I get nervous and I start to feel a lot of anxiety. So just working on getting out of your own way and reminding myself that um, you're part of a team and you're not doing it by yourself. And so I know some people that I spoke to had that obstacle as well. Just, hey, we're going to get out this, we're going to get out of this COVID heel, get over it, however you want to put it, one day. Um, but that doesn't stop us from doing good work and serving our department, serving our student athletes, serving our coaches. So yeah, that would be the obstacle that I'm going to continue working on. And we'll conquer that it will happen. <laughs> it will happen. Speak <laughs> that into existence. <laughs> well, as we round out this episode, uh, any place that you want to throw out where they can follow along on your journey, uh, either uh, with Wabash or uh, just personally as well? Okay, so Samantha goes first because she has our um, leadership <laughs> taglines for Twitter and on um, for her compliance, but always follow Wabash Athletics. Um, I think my Twitter hashtag is associate AD Tweety. If you Google my name, it comes up. So I just, at this point, I don't remember what's on there, but for the most part, when you Google my name, everything else is good. So yes, that's where you can follow me and I'll pass it over to Samantha. <laughs> um, I don't do too much myself on social media besides post pictures of cake and quilts. Um, but we do have a, um, a, a student athlete development page on Twitter. It's, uh, well, what is it called? Uh, Wabash, and it's like an underscore S-A dev, because um, you can only make it so long on Twitter. Um, and then we also have a compliance page at, at Wabash Rules on Twitter. Um, so it's where you can follow along for all updates related to, to compliance and student athlete development if you're interested. <laughs> so that's compliance and not a fan, like a woohoo, Wabash Rules. <laughs> I mean, hey, not right? hearing Same thing. <laughs> People should be fans of compliance at this point. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. Like regional rules is coming up soon. I am pumped. I'm gonna get my war paint on. It's gonna be great. Awesome. Well, thank y'all both for joining us 
on this week's episode of Lane the Leadership Foundation podcast. Signing off, I'm Thomas Poole. And I'm Stephanie Jurassic. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week on Lane the Leadership Foundation podcast. Be sure to subscribe and review this podcast wherever you listen. If you found value in this podcast, do us a favor and share this episode with someone else. As always, keep laying the foundation.